Welcome to Living Scent, a Resonate Church podcast where we talk about what it means to be missional, putting missional back in our missional communities. And we are talking about enjoying grace, embodying love, and engaging culture as we learn how to live scent. Welcome to Living Scent, a missional podcast of Resonate Church in which each week we dive deep into the world of discipleship. Our invitation to be disciple makers and how we can grow in our journey of disciple making. My name is Jason Wigan. I'm one of the pastors here at Resonate Church. And joining me in the studio today is the lovely Yvonne Cheng. Say hello, Yvonne. What up? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> to my left is the one and only Scott Taylor. Oh, Say yeah. hi, Scott. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to be here. And Let's go. Uh, pushing buttons, flipping toggles is the one and only Vicky Estellar, say hi, yeah. Vicky. Yeah. Yes, Vicky. Oh, I don't know. Can you hear? I she's not even. She's not on the mic. We heard her. <laughs> yep. And she's here. Yeah. Pushing buttons, flipping toggles. It's uh, good to be here. And also in the studio is the Danny Liebers. Who's? Are you taking video or pictures? Both. Both. Oh, okay. You're yeah. doing both. This is just proof that this is not like we we actually do this. Yeah, yeah. Because the audio wasn't happening. enough proof, so yeah. we wanted to. Uh, make her sure last you had name to. is Lakota Lubers. What did I? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Thank you. All right. Uh, hey, listen. The title of our episode today is Christmas again. And <laughs> with a question mark. With a question mark. And a right? sort of scowly look on your face. Well, it was that, it wasn't quite a scowly look, it, but a little it, bit. Yeah. To be little... fair, I did come up with that title. You did. Yeah. You did. And Way to go, Yvonne. I'm the grinchiest person here. Yeah. 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 Well, can you guys believe that it's actually Christmas season already? Dude, it came so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It comes fast every year. And it happens mm-hmm. every year. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are are you guys ready? Like and here's a double sided question. Are you ready? And what does it mean to be ready for Christmas? Uh, okay, there's like a family ready that I'm definitely not because my wife loves Christmas trees. Like, okay. loves Christmas trees. And probably for a month now, she's been trying to plan out the exact moment where we're going to get the Christmas tree down. But I don't like household projects. So the house, <laughs> the Christmas tree is not yet down. <laughs> I love Christmas. I just don't really like you don't like to, to do like, lists. Like yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my job too is to wrestle with the tree to set it up. It's a yeah. fake tree and to make sure all the broken lights start working. Okay. So that's like hours of, you Ooh. know, like awful. That sounds gross. Yeah, t- tedious work. Yeah, yeah. But some people love that. They get all excited. Okay. In yeah. terms of if, re- if that's how we're defining readiness, then my house is ready every second of every day because we have not set up a Christmas tree since 1998. Bam! Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the reason for that? We are non-celebratory people. (laughs) That's just how we grew up. Okay. I mean, I had my first birthday party as an adult when I was like maybe 28. Okay. And that was because I was with these friendly resonate people and I was kind of against it, but Friends yeah. forced my hand. So yeah. okay. So then, all right. Because I feel like there's a there's a there's like three different directions we're going here. <laughs> You're because, the host. Take us. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. So Avon, you like you guys don't really get into the celebration aspect of it. I mean, Jesus, yes, but yes. like the the tree and the lights and all of that. No. Scott, you enjoy it, but you don't want to be the guy who sets it all up. I mean, yeah. Okay. I, there's parts that I enjoy. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm the guy that the day after Thanksgiving, 
we went and cut down our tree. Okay. Yep. And yeah. it's at the bottom of this gully, and I gotta hike it up the hill, and we get cookies afterwards. Are you smiling the whole time? Uh. At the top of the hill, I'm trying my best, <laughs> okay. but I'm also sweating through okay. all my layers. Yeah, and yep. I've got two kids, three uh -huh. kids that are not helping at all. Okay, yep. I mean, technically, their hands are on the tree, but they're yeah. not yeah. really helping. Yeah. We know who's really doing the lifting. Yeah. If they were listening Michelle. to this podcast <laughs> and they heard you saying that they're not helping at all, yeah, what? How would that make them feel? Uh, they. Would <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reagan would. My youngest, who's five, would probably be the, the biggest protester of what daddy just said because she okay. would say, I was helping. And again, technically her hands were on the tree, but it really wasn't. Anyway, we'll just keep moving. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, then when you, when, as the season begins, you know, uh, and, and all of a sudden you're going into stores and you're going and you're seeing all the decorations. And so, and what do you hear playing in the stores? Christmas, songs. Christmas songs, mm -hmm. Christmas yeah. music, right? Yep. Okay. So are there songs that you guys enjoy at all? Yvonne, I'm going to let you think about that for a oh, moment. I already know. I know, but just wait, wait, oh, okay. wait, okay. Okay. wait. Cause you want to hear. Like, yeah. I want to, yeah. We're going to, we're going to jump on you in a minute, but yeah. Scott, are there songs that you enjoy? So some people might know me to be really sort of positive and I like, like holidays and I like songs and there are some songs I absolutely love with yeah. Christmas, but I also have like a traumatic experience in my life where some Christmas songs like Santa baby and playing like, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I actually, I, it's sort of like a trigger. I, 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 because I was a shoe salesman and they had seven songs on repeat for eight hour shifts oh in a, in a shoe store. And I, I can never like recover from that. I'm, I really need to see a counselor. That sounds like cruel torture. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. But was so there I, any, I, I like start twitching in that seven wrong, seven song rotation. No. Was there any bright spot? No, they were really careful to pick songs that had nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, apart from that, is there any song that you particularly enjoy? Oh, I, I, I think Hark the Herald Angels Sing okay. is, um, I mean, it's, it's really a hymn mm -hmm. that's been made in, it, it's a Christmas carol. Charles Wesley yeah. wrote it. Um, and I, I love it. I grew up, my, it's my dad's favorite Christmas oh, carol. Wow. Mm. And so he grew up like saying like, this is the best Christmas song, basically, oh, cool. like a sort of unequivocally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I actually agree with him. Okay. I, I, That's awesome. I love it. I, I think like, um, the, the verses as, as you keep going, like just the way that it's talking about what Jesus did and the significance, I think it's theologically beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that it's sort of like culturally like in there too, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I wish we had more awesome hymns like that that, okay. that other people knew. Okay. Yeah. Yvonne, so lay it on us. Yeah. So if we're talking about completely absent of Jesus Christmas songs, my two favorite are Mariah Carey, All I Come Want for Yes. Vicky started cheering over yes. in the corner too. Yes. <laughs> yes, my girl. Do you know she makes $20 million a year oh my God. on just Wait. that song? No way. Yes. Okay, wow. Yes. It, it's, we're not going to talk about that, but it's kind of interesting that you know that. <laughs> but the other one is You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. I love that song. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It has great lyrics. Okay. It's super low. Yeah. I, it's in my key. I'm just kidding. It's a little low for me. Yeah. Um, and, but in terms of like Jesus songs. Sure. 
I really like super cliche, but I love Oh Holy Night. Me too. Because it just I it's like maximum choral yes. hitting mm. and yep. like just the definition of holy, like set apart. Yes. It's like a set apart king born on a set apart night. Yeah. And like his laws, love, his gospel's peace, mm. like his way is in a set apart way. And it, it starts with that one night, but then how does it and for the rest of us. And there's yeah. like that hope that we can sink into. So I, I just love that song. There's That's something awesome. about that song too that just, that that draws you, it's gonna sound maybe weird to some people, but it draws you heavenward, right? Yeah. Like it, uh, I, I remember as a kid, the first time I really heard that song was in the movie Home Alone. Yes. Dude, right? we're like Christmas matchers. We might stuff. be, we might be. Oh my though. gosh. Um, okay. And I remember hearing- I had no idea. <laughs> Neither so did I. So I'm 10 years old watching that movie and laughing my head off because it's a great movie. And then they, he gets to the church. Kevin gets to the church and, and they, the choir is singing that song. And I remember as a 10 year old going, what the heck is this? Mm. I'd never, I don't think I'd ever heard it before. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even at a young age, I remember just feeling that, that uplifting sense. Like I wanted, like the, this song was lifting up Jesus above all of the, above everything else that comes with it within the Christmas season, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just, it made Jesus more poignant in my mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, with that in mind, um, what, are, what are the things that we see around us where people miss the, mm -hmm. the, the purpose and the, the reason for Christmas? Like what, what are some of the ways that we can easily get distracted um, around this, this time of year. Yeah, I think there's a pendulum where we've swung our culture wanting to sort of avoid Christ makes it all about holiday and like these sentimental things, Hallmark movies. Um, and there's parts of it that I think are really awesome and the idea of like generosity, but then commercialism, like we're, so many Christians are like, oh no, that we can't go that way. And we sort of swing the pendulum into being grinchy. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, the other day we watched, the kids wanted to watch a Christmas movie and Michelle and I were like, well, uh, so we, we had, we hadn't seen for a long time that movie Elf. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's, <clears throat> that's possibly one of my favorite. Okay. Well then we're about to fight because. Congratulations. You did it. No. Okay. We, this podcast is not about Elf quotes. But um, that is a funny line, by the way, the greatest cup of coffee. That is a funny line. But, but I remember watching it. This was just like last week and going. Oh my gosh, this movie is so empty. Yeah. And because they keep talking about, you know, the Christmas season is all about this and yeah. and 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 all of the everything they were pointing to just was about nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was you know, it and this is what it said to me that people are hungry for mm. something for some kind of depth and meaning and yet it's all these other things that get in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the idea of grace gets lost. Yes. But that's a part of what Christmas becomes attractive. It's right. like this idea of like giving gifts or, or being in community with other people. Right. There's a part of that that we're really longing for yeah. that I think's innate in us, mm -hmm. you know, but it just so quickly goes to seed when it, it becomes sort of like a, about me yeah. or about making everything this picture per perfect moment. Right. And I think that's part of what the Christmas season really hurts a lot of people too. Because there's this expectation mm. that everything's perfect and you have to have like this image of joy and happy all the time. But that's not actually the human experience. Right. Like, like there's, a, there's actually a hurt that we feel right. that really comes out in, in the holiday season. Yeah. And I think we're 
it's really easy to talk about it in a way where, oh, that's like the stuff that happens out there in the world. Like that's how Christmas is, you know, out there. But in reality, I mean, I honestly feel that way within the church too. Right. Like, I think that um, sometimes it's hard for me. And I feel a lot of guilt around this at times because I'm kind of like pretty grinchy sometimes, even about Christmas within the church. And it, to me, the commercialism sometimes like reaches into the church and it's hard for me to like separate those things. And there are times where I just find myself wanting that to all just like blow over. And um, I think in some experiences, it has felt like the, the church is about the same thing that the world is mm-hmm. like, it's more about flash than the light. Sure. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, you know, it, I, I think that's a legitimate, um, both concern and observation because we, you know, even though we are not of the world, we are in the world. And mm-hmm. so we are surrounded. I mean, especially living in living in the West, living in America, like mm-hmm. the commercialization of, of Christmas has just gone like every year it gets turned up more and more and more. And which which is interesting because I think it becomes as a as a seasonal celebration apart from Christ, it becomes actually more and more empty for yeah. people. And I'll and I'll dude, I'm gonna dial it up even further. Like I think sometimes churches even say, hey, we're doing all this stuff in the name of like, let's make it really hospitable for guests and non-believers. And so let's make it so hospitable that we make our church look the same as the world. <laughs> that's, right. that's how it, that's how it is sometimes. That's how it can feel. And we say it yeah. like for those quote unquote, like right reasons. And, and the thing is it is. And so I think that's why like I, for me, I'm sitting here as like even a learner too to like mm. even unpack that. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, a lot of times church is about that. So okay, so we're starting, we're entering into not just a Christmas season, but for the church, we're entering into a season that we call Advent, mm-hmm. and where we are specifically and intentionally uh, walking a journey from from now until Christmas Day, and wanting to take, <clears throat> excuse me, take specific steps, highlighting, remembering, celebrating, and looking forward to something better that comes with the birth of Jesus. Yeah. Scott, how do you, how do you approach the Advent season? Yeah. See, I love, um, this is where I grew up <clears throat> sort of celebrating Christmas and having fun as a family. <clears throat> But there was something more beautiful going on than anything that sort of is like cultural Christmas. And that's that we, my, my parents are believers. We actually would like read Bible passages about the story of Jesus. And, um, and so Advent is actually a part of the rhythm of the church for, I mean, for 2000 years, the church has been celebrating Advent and it comes from the idea the word Advent, it's about uh, awaiting something momentous, mm-hmm. that there's something momentous that's coming. And so I, I can't help but be in awe. It, like Christmas season becomes a rhythm for me to remember really like, what is this momentous thing that's happened? And, um, and so when we, when we have something that we're like calling the whole church together, this is part of the production and part of what takes place on a mm-hmm. Sunday and mm-hmm. part of why there's like this energy behind it 
it's because there is something so beautiful to call people's attention to, and it's right for the church to have a rhythm to do that. Liturgy is think, is beautiful, and rhythms help us to like remember the heart of things that are that are super important. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge Advent fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what about you, Yvonne? I mean, in in your experience. Um, growing up, was Advent a part of your, your rhythm or was it just, or was it not? It wasn't really. I mean, I grew up going to, um, private Lutheran school hmm. for, from preschool through oh, that sounds like liturgy to seventh me. grade. Yeah, come on. So there, there was a lot of that, but it was really around like, oh, let's do Christmas musicals and, you know, all of that. And, and then in terms of my, like church going experience. Um, yeah, I grew up going to small Chinese churches that were a little bit more celebratory than my family. <laughs> um, but there wasn't this building up of expectation coming. And yeah, I think that, uh, since even attending resonate, it was like my, my first time really kind of like trying to yeah. ingest what Advent is about. Mm. Um, like, with all those things. Right. And so, yeah, it's been like a learning experience yeah. for me. I, I find it interesting that between the three of us, we have very different uh, experiences yeah, that, because that is so you, know, fun. you, yeah. you grew up with in, in a Christian home with where Advent was like, like front and center. Yeah, we were talking about like the real meaning of Christmas. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you grew up in a home where, where with Christian parents, but Advent mm -hmm. as a thing wasn't quite um, front and center. And like you shared that, mm -hmm. that celebrating the way just in a lot of the Western ways was not part of your, yeah. your experience. And I grew up in a home where we did all of the Christmas things, like the traditional Western Christmas things. And there's very little Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I'll just share. I didn't know that Advent was a thing other than lighting a candle yeah. until I was probably 18 years old. Okay. Um, so I think, especially in my uh, especially in the last 15 to 20 years, Advent has become more and more of something that I'm very interested in and wanting to dive into because of the the deep significance. And you mentioned, Scott, how this is a 2,000-year tradition. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Why would you say it's so significant for us to, uh, and this is for both of you, why why would this be something significant for us to, to actually lean into in this time of year? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's uh, really talking about the heart of the mission of the church, right? Because it's, it's, it's talking about the gospel in, a, in like this most beautiful way. And I, I'm captivated by the stories in, in the Bible that talk. It's like, who would think to save the world like this, right? <laughs> like who, who would do, like, like nobody would do this. And this is part of the gospel is like, we're actually more sinful and more broken than we know. And God's love for us is more beautiful and more amazing than we've ever realized. And so I love that the story in the New Testament, it includes things like the shepherds in the field who are unclean. They can't even go in and worship. Mm. They're like the least in society. They're the people that you would throw away, that, that the, the religious professionals wanted nothing to do with them. And... Um, and that they're the ones watch, watching the sheep in the the sh little little lamb in the in the field, and those sheep would be the ones that would be used as a sacrifice in the temple, but the shepherds couldn't even go in to worship. Mm. And the fact that that the story in Luke 
shows that these shepherds are the ones that the angels come to first. It, it like it's, it's such a beautiful reminder. Like this is the gospel being lived out and actually the story of what what took place. Right. And so for us to to like be reminded of those things, um, Mary being like this, who's this, who's this little girl, you know, what is it about Mary and Joseph that he would choose them to yeah. bring Christ to the world? And, and so I feel like the, the heartbeat of what is the gospel and what is the purpose of the church is actually seen in, in those stories. And we need reminders of it. Like there's never a time where our, the mission of the church changes. Right. Right. So, so if I like finish the story, it's like the shepherds, they're the ones that the light shines on them first. The angels appear to them. They go and they get to see the baby Jesus in, in the story of Luke. And it tells us after they see him, they like go running through the town, telling everyone about Jesus. <laughs> like there's something so amazing that they've been waiting for, for so long. And they were so spiritually thirsty. And then they find the fulfillment of it and it changed everything. Right. And, and so, um, for us as a church to be reminded of that, it actually reminds us of the very heart of like finding Jesus ourselves. And our world is really dark. Like we, we need a light. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this amazing quote regarding Advent. He says, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. And I wonder how, how, Dietrich's words help us to think about the Advent season as a church and as a, as a church that wants to minister to people who are in that place, people who are in that place of, of being, of knowing that they are poor and imperfect, troubled in soul. Yeah. Like how, how do we use, how, do, how does that inspire us? Yeah. See, that's like the opposite of the Hallmark Christmas movie, right? Where everything's perfect. <laughs> right. So that's where I just love, I love the, that the gospel's real. Like it's like yeah. so real. There's not a person. I mean, if you're experiencing loss or grief or like whatever you're going through, or if, if you've been trying to find satisfaction in, in your job or the world, like there's something that still like in Advent, it's like, Oh no, actually, if you're feeling like the least and you're feeling broken and you're feeling bankrupt and you're feeling like everything's gone wrong, this is like, if you're troubled, this is the, this is the beautiful light for, for you, you know? And, and so I, I love the way that Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that, you know, it's like realizing how, how we're like missing something is why we appreciate the light so much. Right. Realizing like, oh, this is, this, this is uh, there's, what I'm longing for in my soul isn't here. You can't find it in Santa or, or in a, a store. Uh, but that, that actually helps us to see the light of the grace of Jesus in, in a more beautiful way. Yeah, and I think as I have just gotten into deeper like fellowship with Jesus, I've gotten less grinchy about Christmas and mm. um, I love the interruption of that reminder of everything that you just said, Scott. And um, even just thinking about people from the Old Testament just waiting for thousands and thousands yeah. of years. Waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. And then completely at times losing hope, basically. Yeah. yes. Uh, yep. That it would never happen. And seeing just like the marvelous plan of God unfold at a really like critical point mm. is, is just something that we have to remember each year. And I also right. love the interruption of a, a lot of times we're like, people are like, well, when can I talk about this? You know, when will it come up? And then so at least once a year, yeah. you can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so, what, oh, the, like the song "A Little Town of Bethlehem." <laughs> uh, it didn't make my list. Hark is probably a little Hark the Herald is probably a little <laughs> higher, but I love I love "A Little Town of Bethlehem" too because it, it says, "In your dark streets shine shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, mm. and and the the longing of ages and centuries." For, for this, like, hopes and fears of all the years, right? Yeah. And then they're met in this little podunk town of nowhere to this little family that no one would ever notice that's of no, you know, renowned in any way in a manger of all things. And there, that's the, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in that space. It's like God could not come lower than right. that. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it so beautiful that in that darkness, that's where the light shines and the, the light wins. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in light of that, no pun intended, no, no, it was intended. Okay. <laughs> the theme for Advent here at Resonate this year for us is shine. So how, how do you feel like this theme of shine fits into celebrating Advent? Yeah, part of that, I think I want Resonate to be a church where the broken and the, the people that are feeling it, like they're living in darkness, that they feel like, I belong here. Mm. Like I don't have to be picture perfect and have everything together in order to belong that, that we're like inviting people in. Like if, if you feel hurt, if you feel lonely, if you feel like, like you're longing for something, this is actually the place. This, the, there's something beautiful here. There's something shining here. If yeah. you're in darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really important that it's shine versus shiny and Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because commercialized Christmas is very about shiny things, flashy things, and those things are very fleeting and temporal. But, you know, when you think of shine, you think of like sunshine and the rays of the sun like penetrate things. It just it goes on. It, it lasts. And uh, yeah, that's that's really like a huge difference between what Christmas really is about Jesus versus, yeah, the commercialism that we make it out to be in the world. Yeah. Scott, why don't you talk to us a little bit about where we're going um, scripturally for oh, the yeah. Advent the Advent series? Because I know that this is, this is not just something that's, you know, put together week to week to week to week. Like there's yeah. actually intentional thought about the, mm-hmm. the journey through the scriptures. Why don't you just kind of... Yeah, and I, I love that too, <clears throat> having just come out of the the three in one series, the theme actually helps us to like, let it sink deeper in. I've heard more people talking about the Holy spirit because we've just gone through this sermon series about the Holy spirit and, and that, that those ideas start to sink in. So the idea of Advent having one consistent theme is so that these truths find their way deeper into our hearts. And, um, that, that idea of like light Christmas Advent and light in the world, it's Mm -hmm. all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. Um, so Isaiah nine, it has this beautiful verse that those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has shown, mm. right? That that's this beautiful picture of what Christmas really means, what Advent really is. And it's the contrast. Like, do you feel like you're living in darkness? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, are you dwe- dwelling in a land of deep darkness? 
then the hope of Jesus really matters to you. Mm-hmm. And, and so that becomes a theme. And, and again, it's, it's, it's all the way through like the gospels, it's Luke, uh, to get that he, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to, to be a guide to our feet. That's Luke one seventy nine. um, Ephesians five, it's at one time you were in darkness, mm. but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light. Um, so there, there's this beautiful idea of like Christ shining on us throughout the Bible. Like yeah. th- there's something hopeful about it, something life giving about it, something that we need in, in the light. And so taking that theme that's throughout scripture and just helping people to really grasp it more and more. Sure. How it's what the lights come. Sure. Let me get, let me ask you guys a question. Cause I think you both come from uh, different different perspectives or might have different perspectives on this to be able to answer this. What would you say to the person who, um, Yvonne, I'm going to direct this to you first. What would you say, what would you want to say to the person who, to the, to the resonator, to the, to the believer who comes to church and sees the decorations, sees the trees and rolls their eyes or is immediately put off, um, buy those things and says, oh, they're just trying to be like the rest of the world. Hmm. What, what is your, as one, as you've said, as you, yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> well, exactly. And, yeah. and yeah. what, but what you also said was that you're on a journey and mm-hmm. I loved what you said at the very beginning. I feel like I, you said, I'm learning mm-hmm. and I want to learn. So what would you say to that person who, yeah. um, who comes to church and just kind of sees the tree that's yeah. getting put up right now as we speak? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say to that person? Yeah. I mean, even, even though I'm identifying as one of those people, obviously you don't have, if you're like that too, you don't have necessarily the same motivations and thoughts as me, but I've also found on this journey that you referred to that I would walk in. And when I have those thoughts, it's because I'm thinking about like Christmas my way or from that it's about me. And if it is, it wouldn't be this flashy because I'm not like that. And, Mm. you know, it's even part of like a narrative of me wanting to like keep things quote unquote humble. And what does that look like to me? And in, in all things, not just even with Christmas, the more that I see who Jesus is as he reveals himself to me, the more I just look at him. And so I would encourage that person, hey, I I totally feel you. Like yeah. but there's there's something better. Yeah. Like come see the light. Come be known in the light and and try your best and hey, you can sit with me in service. Like we can be all the grinchy people sitting in service together, um like desperately broken and wanting to like see the light. Mm. Scott, let me turn it around for you. Yeah. What would you say to the person? who loves the season mm. and maybe is drawn into, not, I'm not saying this is you, but I'm just saying what, who's drawn, who loves the season and is drawn to the season, the believer, the resonator who's drawn to the season for maybe the, not the wrong reasons, but um, their eyes get off of Christ. Yeah. And they, they come in and they see the tree and they, this is what Christmas is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you say to that person? Yeah, I, I find two different categories in my own heart. Like there's a part of me that I, okay, so just so you know, here's my confession. I uh, like sappy movies, 
and I cry at enough movies. Like I, I can watch a romance and I like start crying. Is anyone surprised? <clears throat> I don't know, but it's my confession. <laughs> my my wife's my wife's nickname for me. She calls me Hallmark. Like <laughs> that's really what she calls me. <laughs> And so every year we watch It's a Wonderful Life, and I love the movie. It's like a Christmas tradition. We have, like, a Christmas tree traditions. We have, like, going to, like, a mall to shop together. Kind of, There's, like, traditions. Sure. And I would say, it's, like, those things are fine. Those are marvelous. Those are, those are, like, really, really good things to have family traditions or things that are enjoyable. But I think there's another category for us who are believers that the, whatever those things are, they're they're fine and beautiful, but but there's another part where we know that there's something deeper and more beautiful and more lasting. There's something soulish that we're talking about. And so I, I would just encourage them, like celebrate trees or like I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Life and I'm going to cry and I love doing that with my family. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that unashamedly. I would encourage like everyone, whatever your holiday traditions are, like rock it out, but don't don't go through this season without seeing the deeper truths mm, yeah. of the beauty of what God has done. And even the fact that we have a rhythm in the, in the calendar year to have this space to remind ourselves of these beautiful, deep truths of the gospel that are lived, like we see it in the actual coming of Jesus as the hope of the world. Um, let's let's leverage this. Like, let this become something that that actually brings us to Christ to see Him more. Yeah. And so, anyone who wants to go, like, to, who's thinking about those holiday things, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But come deeper. Yeah. Come further in. Yeah. Well, we hope you were encouraged and blessed by our conversation today. We hope that we've hopefully given you some language. Oh, you have one more thing to say? Go yeah. for it. Jump on it. I, I wanted to like go- offer a practical sort of thought about living scent. Okay. Like, okay, if I'm talking to a resonator or to an MC leader or apprentice, how do we actually live scent <laughs> in this season? Like, what do we actually do? Yeah. And I was thinking that this season affords us an opportunity to do that. Like, like one beautiful thing is this natural current of gift giving. It's a way for us to be people of grace in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we actually were praying and saying, God, put someone on my heart that I could just give them something thoughtful or something nice. It doesn't even have to be lavish, but just, just to say, you matter to me. And I was thinking of you and I love you like a Christmas gift. They won't think you're all weird if you do it, but they will feel loved. And, and even we've been talking about for the one, like, like someone that we've been praying for and hoping that God would use us. What if every resonator bought their one a gift and just said, I love you. Yeah, I love you. I think there's something something beautiful in that. Um, uh, another thing is meals. I love that Jesus has meals, and there's something about having meals with people. Maybe, maybe it could be as simple as like a pumpkin spice latte in the holiday season <laughs> with with a friend. Who's but there, there's a way where like a meal or a time together, like spending that time. Maybe it's even with family that aren't believers. That Christmas party instead of being frustrated with our family, like maybe this is an opportunity for us to actually shine, to, to be, to be sent to, to others through, through the meals. Um, and then I, I think too, the way that we can invite people, we, we can actually be missional. God, God wants to use us as we go. But a part of that would be saying that because there's something momentous that we're celebrating, come and be a part of the celebrations, yeah. come join us. And I think it's a time of year where people feel like 
they're they're not bugged by an invite to church at Christmas. There's there's, there's people who really will want to go. They're, they sort of feel like there's got to be something sort of spiritual. And I've been thinking I I should go back to church or I should check it out. And your invitation could be just that. Um, so those are just practical ways for us to live on mission in the in the Advent season. Well, and you never know too. I mean. It's so it's easy to psych ourselves out about inviting people to church. And you're right. I think the Christmas season is definitely seems more of a natural time to do that. But as we've talked about so many times, whenever we want to ask people, you know, even if we're going to ask somebody to be an apprentice or uh, or if we're going to invite somebody to church, why not go to the Lord first yeah. and say, God, would you yeah. show me someone and and let God be the one to stir that person's heart. Yeah. You just say the words, would you like to come to church with me and my family? Mm-hmm. And let God be the one to work in their heart. Yeah, Because it's going to be better if he does rather yeah. than us trying to trick people <laughs> yeah. into coming to church. And, and I think, as, as I think, why would God save the world this way? Like his heart is longing so much to shine his grace into our hearts that he actually sent his son to be born in a manger <laughs> to, yeah. to die on a cross. Like he's longing for people so much and he's, he's done the work of shining and now he's shined his light on us to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we become his ambassadors to shine that light. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, let me try that again. Uh, <laughs> we're encouraged and blessed by our conversation today. Uh, this is just such a wonderful blessing that we can do this. And again, also, we hope you you have some new language to use in your disciple-making journey. Next week, we'll have another friend in the studio to talk about uh, making disciples in the discipleship world and to hear their story so that we can continue to grow in our own journeys. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you, Vicki, for pushing the buttons and yeah, flipping yeah. the toggles. Vaughn, thanks for being here. Scott. Good to be here. Hey, yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, for real. Seriously. I'm, I'm excited. I believe you. Yeah. And we'll talk to you again soon. See ya. <laughs>